Damaged Goods Podcast. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta cut the fucking, gotta cut the, this thing off. Gotta cut thing. I can't stand now, it. The telephone. You, you have glasses on and you can't see this. It's a cellular telephone. This is an iPhone. You said I can't see it because I have glasses on? No, no, no. One of you having glasses on and not being able to see it. I can see it, but I hate it. I hate, I hate phones. Yeah, I know. And it's, it, there's a liberation in turning them off for a little while. It's there is when I know where my son is, but like if I, you know what I mean? Like other than that, because yeah. at night I sleep sanely on Do Not Disturb. Like I don't care who has an emergency. I know where my son is. Everybody else is just, you're screwed. Yeah, no, and I get it, having someone that you're caring after, you can't really put the phone away. Um, I have been not answering my phone the last, like, three days, and I got, like, family members from Massachusetts calling me and concerned or worried. My, my fiancé gets a hold of me. That's it, you know, and I call right, people. That's what matters. I call people back today. I took, I took 36 hours off the phone. Shoot me, you know? I know, but back in the day, that did, like we couldn't get a hold of anyone. Like we paged them. I don't understand. We just we were fine. And there was a time before pagers. Like you just if they weren't home, you weren't home. You, know? you weren't home. How about I'm gonna meet you tomorrow at seven? And like if you weren't there, you you couldn't make it. Like it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Or be there. I I hate that my mother has a smartphone for two reasons. One, she texts a lot. But two, when the phone rings. She has this compulsion, like whatever. She could have five bags of groceries in her arms. She'll drop everything. She would drop an infant child to answer the phone. And I'd say, hey, Kathleen, it's okay. It's not that important. You don't even know who it is. Yeah, but as I get older, like that's my mother. She's on her Facebook all the time. She's like, oh, I got to see what Sarah's doing in Florida. You know, they're on vacation. I got to talk to you. But it's, it's their entertainment at that point. Like it's different. I'm very, very, very thankful. I say prayers every morning. And one of them I always say is, thank you, God for not allowing either of my parents respectively to have Facebook and be on it. Oh, I got aunts and uncles and people's friends, not parents on, and I'm so lucky. No. It, no hashtag no. blessed. I'm hashtag blessed. Because <laughs> they don't have Facebook. Yo, dude. Uh, man. Um, we grew up, though, it's funny, because we grew up having none of everything and then having everything. Like, our parents grew up with nothing, so, like, this yeah. stuff is so amazing to them. And for us, we're like, yeah, but we had high school with a little bit of the dip into technology. And we're, now we're like fully Im immersed and we're kind of like, we're the, the easiest middle, middle people. We're the middle people, man. We yes. Sunlight and we've had to live underground or whatever. Literally. That, uh, that parent having Facebook account, having person, my guest on Damaged Goods this week is, is not only a, an old friend of mine, but one very incredibly talented artist, um, singer, songwriter, Lisa Bello. Yeah. That was a good introduction. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And she also, looks like a really, really badass librarian because Lisa's covered in tattoos, which you can't hear. If you guys are listening, you can't hear the tattoos, but hear her glasses because she got these librarian glasses on. They look cool. They help me see also, which is amazing. Yes, yes. Well, I maybe also, Lisa Bello, fun fact, uh, Lisa was also an, an incredible teacher. Did you rock the glasses when you was teaching, when you were teaching? You know what I could actually see? Back in those days, uh, so the glasses I wore once in a while, like I need them to see up close. And uh, really? I, didn't, I didn't have to wear them, but I did have to wear the teacher outfits. That's a whole other steez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. limited wardrobe. <laughs> Legit, khakis, khaki pants. Wait, when you were the Timothy, was a Timothy, right? And then where, where else? That's it, that's the first school I stepped into right out of college. Does Timothy have a dress code? Timothy has a, they have a dress code for the children, so they got uniforms, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. That's right. So you have a semi-dress code. So principals would try to enforce that, like, once a week, we would wear the khaki and white like the kids. And I just, it was, like, the hardest thing of my life to conform to that. Yeah, no, I get it. The khaki's the problem with them. They're a lighter shade of pant. It's staying easy. If you're a young <laughs> kid, especially a young boy running around school, you're coming home to your mother with some dirty-ass fucking khakis, dude. Dirty knees. They get so dirty, and to be honest, like, you could always tell which kid, you know, they'll say, yo, put on uniform, so then you can't see the class division, ah. you can't see, but you could tell by their pants, who got the pants at, like, Building 19, or what is it called, um, Burlington Coat Factory, or who got, like, Dickies, you know what I mean, and so that was... I, and, that was and also, I, I always loved that, that you, thank you for poking a hole in that argument, because I always loved it, the whole point of the dress code is so we don't 
know the tiers of economic lifestyles, but you know where the fucking school bus picks kids up and drops them off. You see what car the parents drop you in and off at, you know, like, and if I wear a Dickies or are these Tommy Hilfiger khakis, you're going to see the fucking tag on my ass. You'll know. Yeah. And, and the sneakers. I mean, the, the kicks were like, obviously the giveaway. I felt like it drew more attention because you're all, for lack of a better word, uniform, in uniform. But then you look at the feet and you're like, that's how kids will make fun of each other. So, dude, I always said you could tell a lot about somebody by the shoes on their feet. And I don't mean that in a judgmental manner, but you can tell a lot, like economic status sometimes. Not only that, style. You might see a guy hop out of a fucking real serious whip with some bum ass shoes. He got money, but he doesn't have style. You can't buy yeah. a class. You can't or buy like, that old person who doesn't know style or bum at, you know, some people or whatever, or are the, are the souls worn thin? Do they work and walk hard? Yeah. You know? No, I really do stare at feet, especially because when I was living in New York, I was such a train goer. So all day I was just like guessing people's jobs and shit based off of their shoe wear, how much wear and tear was on it. Like, yeah. yeah. One thing I loved about, uh, I never had a car growing up, right? I just took the T or the bus yeah. and I'm living in New York. It's my second year. And what do I do? The last person or last thing any person in New York should do is I, I get a car, which was ridiculously stupid. I was driving around the East Coast a lot for, for shows. So it okay. made sense for me. But I would still always take the subway in New York, which is obviously just one of the best places to be entertained by people watching. Ever. It's great. People watching is the best. I was taking the G line. That's I lived in a, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah. So the G line was like. To explain it to people that are listening, um, if you equate it to Boston, where I live now, it's not, it, the orange line you already know needs the most repairs. It's not the orange line. It's not oh, the blue line. It was probably like the red line, I'd say, of the system. So it kind of had its shit together, you know what I mean, more than other lines. So I appreciated the G line. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. You were out there when you were, and maybe my timeline's all fucked up, so please correct me. Were you in New York recording the Tommy Boy album? Your album, Tommy Boy, was that recorded in New York? Or I, I recorded, no, your, your timeline's not off. So I retired from teaching while I was literally moving with my son to New York at the same time. And literally all in that three month span, I was dropping Tommy Boy. So the final touches were done in New York. Ah, okay. But it was yeah. m mostly recorded in Boston? Mostly recorded in Boston. Um, mostly recorded like their record company and a bunch of like local dope nonprofit places that I kind of just spread the engineering and wealth around. Mm. Um, but it was just an EP, so you know it's only five songs. Yo, the, I'm gonna big you up right here, and I don't. I only do this when it's absolutely natural. Uh, you should check out Lisa's Tommy Boy album. What I liked about this, like your album a lot, and I'm, like I'm only saying this because I actually fucking mean it. Uh, music's good because Lisa's good, but I I loved like knowing if you know Lisa as an artist, even if you don't know her personally, you know her as an artist. Dude, the whole album from the from the title to the to the cover to the art, the rollout, like it was all so perfect. It really just like totally tells you who you are without even if people aren't familiar with the music. It was perfect, dude. Like I just love when somebody ties all that shit in and does a good job with it, dude. Like I was I never gave you props. I probably gave you props on the music, but I need to say, dude, like I thought the whole shit was well done. Seriously. Thank you. I love listen, thank you so much. I mean, you knew because you knew me personally that I was a hockey player, but like what was fire is people that didn't know that kind of just what you said. They were able to read from that and be like, damn, it made them dive deeper into me as an artist and try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, this album that I did that I dropped in December, which was my self-titled one, a lot of people haven't fully, again, it was Corona when I dropped an album, they haven't fully put it together that the cover has me looking like a therapist and me as Tommy Boy on the couch, like talking to myself from that last album. And people are are just starting to see it because they're back on their iTunes and looking at the, you know, they don't have the physical album, so it's hard to see it. Tommy Boy, I was passing CDs and, and vinyl and shit, you know, in the streets, but. And um, that, that album was like artwork, you know, like designed artwork. Yeah. The, the Lisa Bello album is, is like, uh, like you like the picture you described, the, the photograph, picture, yeah. which yeah. I, I, I got it because I'm, I'm pretty much a genius. So I like, I could put yes. it together. I, I was almost a therapist too. So like, I love that, that whole play on it. You know, you talking, yeah. and you got the glasses to go for it, you know, therapist glasses. And yeah. I hid most of my tattoos. So it was kind of uh, like, you know, clever. my pretend grown up. Who did the uh, art for Tommy Boy? The art for Tommy Boy. So I found, um, this is terrible. I'm not going to remember her name. I actually <laughs> found the artist on, no, this is why, listen. Shout out to the unknown. Yo, shout outs to Fiverr. 
which is the app that you hire people for like 50 bucks to do I've little odd jobs. I'm an old man. You got to elaborate. Okay. Illuminate. So Fiverr, shout out to Chris Ferrone who runs a Boston dig because he put shout me out on. To Chris, he's been on the podcast like the first episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, he has? Okay, so Ferrone knows all the ins and outs. Basically, you put out there what you need. I need a logo, I need a website, whatever. And people bid for it. So this woman bid for it. It was like a hundred bucks, maybe, maybe 50 bucks. Oh, shit. And I, all I did was give her a concept um, and an old picture of me playing hockey. And she maybe did two revisions because there's rules like you can't really communicate with these people outside the app so it's like boom boom and that's it so she did these two revisions good and shit. it was done shit i'm like looking at the album right in front of me but what yeah i'm in mexico my copy is is a digital copy so i can't bring it up you know it's I gotta mail it to you. because uh like also you know like like the tomboy element to to like certain people's character you know, and if you associate a girl playing sports and being kind of badass and tough, people say, oh, she maybe she was a tomboy in her younger days. I don't know. Um, I thought it was a clever play on everything. I liked it. I, I just I, it And it's funny because tomboy, obviously, as we're, you know, heading into the years, the years, the time of being way more transparent and lines of gender and things being so loose. It was a little controversial even to have Tommy Boy because I had friends that were like, you know, that's not a term anymore. And I'm like, this is so beyond that. This is also like my favorite movie was Tommy Boy growing up. Like I'm, there's so many things that are tied together. I'm like, no, you, would, you wouldn't even understand. It puts it all together. Also, as one it's your, your personal experience and nobody yeah. can discount what, regardless of what's happening now or shall happen in the future, nobody can discount or discredit anybody's previous life experiences. It's not to glorify or to, I don't know, like push in the face of anything, but it's like, this is, this yeah. is what it was for me. This is how it was. This is what actually took place. And I think that's Legit. nothing wrong with, with telling a story that actually took place. Agreed. Know? And it's in time. Like, obviously when my grandkids are looking at that, should I get to explain to them like what was going down when I was little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it encapsulates, it encapsulates history right there. Yeah. Timeless shit. That's what I like. Yeah, dude, timeless or timely. That's what I always ask everybody. What do you want to be, timeless or timely? Because right now things are very timely, but timeless shit transcends through through generations and shit. And sometimes it's misinterpreted and not appreciated at the moment. But I've never wanted to be timely because then I'd be wearing the things that are hot now, doing the things that are hot now. But time burns out, whether it's one month, one year, 10 years. But the timeless is eternal. Forever. No, that's so real. We don't have that right now. Yeah, you know, well, but the kids people, are bringing back might, our timeless shit. So you might be timeless, though, right? You can be timeless. Others might I not think, be. I think so. I believe that. Yeah, I, I think mean, you are. I've been in the game 75 years and I'm still in it. So I feel like time yeah. means nothing. It's my birthday tomorrow. I'm going to be 51. So I feel <laughs> what, what did you Mine's say? in three weeks. I'll be Aries 52. Game, right? Aries. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Bello and I also share the astrological sign together. Um, Aries, gang, gang. which is cool uh, for if you are Aries, it's not always so cool, I guess, for certain people in your life close to you, maybe like your significant others. It's yeah, uh, terrible. Yeah, I've had so many girls that date me or, you know, they ask my sign and then the time I'm born, they like it only for so long or whatever, you know. Then it goes away. Fire. It's fiery. We are like, we literally want to fight or cry. It's really like an intense sign. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. Do you have any other Aries in your family? I don't. Everyone in my family was born in the fall. Dude, I have, my father was Aries. I have three cousins that are Aries. Oh, wow. And, uh, I have a lot of Aries. Yeah, dude. My father was Aries and my mother is a Taurus and my fiance is also a Taurus. How crazy is that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Taurus is a good <laughs> sign for Aries. What's that? Yeah, you gotta, gotta, someone's gotta chill us out. For real, that's like a perfect combo right there. Like you couldn't do another fire sign. It would just, I mean, as friends you can, because your energy is like. Oh yeah, bandmates, dude, bandmates. Yeah. We, me and Leo's connected Aries. I've yeah. First, but I've done the Aries, dating the Aries and Leo's before. And I had a girlfriend whose birthday was the day after mine. And that was, oh, it was cool. It's cool. When it's not cool, it's a fucking storm, dude. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I, I know better now. I know better. You figured it out. Yeah, through trial and error. And, you know, God bless anybody who, like, kicks it with Aries because, like, there's something probably magnetic about the personality. 
that people like, and depending on what your relationship was with that person and their personality, you, you can keep your distance to a degree. But when you maybe live with that person or are related to that person, it's like you don't get a time to, to punch out. You know what I'm saying? There's no breaks. Yeah, yeah. I got to say for an Aries though, like, and you are, I know you, you are pretty, you know, you've got the fieriness. Uh, but like, I always see you these days uh, from afar, like on social media. So I see him like, damn, Lisa's so composed. <laughs> Man, because I'm over here, I go crazy and wild real life and I just let it spill out on the social media. I'm like, I, you know, I just fucking can't handle it. You know, I keep, I mean, first of all, talk about the science. I have a Virgo moon. So if you knew like really deep in the thing. You might as well spoke Japanese. I don't know what that means. But, but in Japanese, that basically means that um, I'm very grounded. There's a lot of me that's grounded. But when I'm on stage, as you know, I'm out of my mind. Yeah. So that's like, that's how I hold it in for is on stage. And you know that I don't like, I don't drink. I don't do any substances. I started doing edibles to kind of calm my nerves. So that's like a, a, a little thing. But windows, yeah. No windows are broken, but I'm chill until that. You yeah. put on music. Oh, good until you know. it ain't all good. Yeah. 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 Until I, I'm fighting in the street. I bo- <laughs> you, you, before we talked uh, on, on air, me and Lisa were on the phone, and we spoke of a mutual friend of ours who also has a podcast, which we've both been on, and he's been on mine, a very hilarious comedian, Bubba Gennady, good man. Bubba always... Bubba is, is a great friend of mine, and he always kind of gets confused around me sometimes because he's like, I can't tell Snake, man, when you're, if you're joking or if you're like about to go crazy. I'm like, listen, man, I'm always joking unless <laughs> I'm about to lose my shit. Like, so you'll never know until yeah. it's too late. <laughs> until last minute. No, that's so real. You can tell when Bubba's joking or not because yeah. his face turns red immediately when he's about oh, to yeah. get like violent. Yeah. I'll be laughing and then just fucking go all the way over Switch. here. Yeah, which is not the best for certain people close to us. But if you're from kind of a distance, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, pretty- so, it's fun to watch from afar when it's not living in your house. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, you know, when you got a lot of fire inside you and stuff, you've got to find ways, healthy ways to, to, to channel this energy, right? To use it. Art is great, right? Artistic Art great. music. That's I know you to be a great performer because we perform so many times i i haven't been on stage as a performer in years and then i was working in live music so i still got it and i get it from the podcast but it's a little different i i'm, I'm i've been learning to put my fire into other things now yeah so this past year a little thing little little thing called covid 19 whatever coronavirus pops up live shows no more a woman with fiery presence like yourself how did you rechannel your energy now that you can't be on fucking stage? Well, you couldn't be on fucking stage. I couldn't be on stage. I couldn't have street fights. I no couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't get tattooed because that's my outlet. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, the first three months of COVID, chilling. You know, I'm a single mama, so me and Cash are just trying to like figure out how to function or how long it's gonna be. Um, Push-ups every morning. The, I get right. Uh, What'd you say? You guys were doing push-ups every morning? Every morning. Like, listen, in our little eight-by-eight room. uh, And to be honest, hitting the punching bag is, like, a big thing for me, always has. Um, I low-key want to fight within the next few years, like, a real one. I want to... Because I know you low-key want to fight, like, on the daily, so... All the time. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, so what was your last fight when you were, like, 15? I was like, no, I was 29. And it was... uh, It was at a club in Boston. But... You know, and I would like to legally fight. Uh, that's part of the things that got me through it. But, you know, virtual shows were cool. I'll be real in the summer. Were, were, no, keep it real. Were they? Did they were cool. Did they scratch the itch the same way? The first month, they definitely didn't scratch the itch. Okay. The first month, they were cool if I could have, like, one band member with me. Yes. Because of that. That's it's cool. On stage with the band, not just the crowd. It's your, it's yeah. your people with you. But a track, like... People were, I was getting paid by some companies to like perform for their offices, but I was, had a track. So I'm like, it just, it, it isn't the same. And then it got frustrating and I just stopped. I deaded it. And people have been asking, when are you going to do it again? I'm like, nah, the world's opening up. I'm, I need to be outside. Yeah. I heard they're uh, opening music venues in Massachusetts uh, with like 50% capacity or some, something like that. Yeah. They're, they're slowly, but surely. Like I have a, a secret show um, on April 9th in Boston and uh, it's basically at like, yeah, it's, it's, I can't tell anybody. Like I looked around like someone was in my house. It might be. It's so dark in the corner. I fucking can't you tell. You never know. This is the confessional booth. 
Uh, but they're letting us perform at like a 500 person venue with a hundred people. You know what? Like that's awesome for, for, for the fans. And it's still awesome for you. Yeah. The person who I think it sucks the most for is the venues because they make money with like, man, people are there. They don't like when a show, like if they were selling 500 tickets, but only actually got to sell a hundred because the show didn't sell well, that's a bummer for yeah. them. So it's I'm nice. sure they'll sell that hundred, no doubt, but. We sold out and they, they had to overprice the tickets, which made me sad. Cause like some of my people, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're navigating that right now, but I'm going to do a ton of, of, I'm going to drive-ins and stuff and just doing concerts throughout how, the summer. Like. As you should, especially warm weather around the corner. And yeah. you know how awesome it's got to feel for you to be able to get back out there. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for every Thank music you. to be out there and perform live, you know? I'm hyped. I need that back in my life. Big time. I know. My, my, my first book came out and I was like going to do these like in-person readings at bookstores. No, yeah. I, that shit got canceled. Because <laughs> those were intimate too. It was going to be like, you know, 20 people at each store. Readers, there's not a lot of them. So no, that shit all got deaded. I was like, ah. So the second one, I'm going to hopefully, by the time the second one comes out, it's cool enough where I could go into a fucking local bookstore or rent a venue and be like, hey, we'll do a 20-person reading. Yeah. Wine Yo, that's fire. Book tours are dope. Your book was dope. I, I'm excited for your another book. You, you have another one you already wrote or? Almost done. It's about 90%. I'm finishing it now. My, my, my year, like uh, the time I would have had to focus totally, it was like taken away a little bit from my personal situation. But at the same time, it was feeding me a lot of fire. Like we're talking about channeling. So I was just channeling it into this new book. Um, so it's almost done. So yeah. That's fire. Yeah, book tour. Book tour is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, if maybe we'll do an acoustic set with like a three-piece and you, and, and and you guys can, you know, we'll have some wine. It'll be like like lit candles. It'll you know very elegant, small setting. Yo, I'll sing some of the lines from your like. You give me the first chapter, oh, and no. I'll just start like singing that shit in the back. Lisa, <laughs> I, I I played a lot of shows with Lisa back in the day, and one of my favorite shows that we did has a horrible ending. Not because of you and me in the show. It was it's a place, kind of like. Fuck, man, kind of like near the garden, near downtown. It was, a, it was a place that I only did once with you and your band backed me and you guys played after. And it was an awesome show. And I can't remember the name of the venue because it was a place I'd never been at before. It wasn't very big. It was maybe like, you know, a 200 person max. It, it, it had a stage and then, you know, a little dancey area, then little high top tables and, and a bar. Anyway, I performed with your band. They were awesome. You, you guys crushed it. And then later that night, I got roofied. <laughs> No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's all right. It was the second time it happened to me. Uh, oh, but it was, I think, what? by a girl. I'm almost, I mean, I know it's by a girl. I only drank two drinks that night. And the two drinks were from this yeah. woman who had been flirting with me at various things. And I've, I'd kind of been like, I don't know. Like, what, I was not entertaining the flirting. And this night, I'm, she's at the show. And I'm like, all right, I only had two drinks, two rum and Cokes, which I rarely drank. And then the next morning I woke up in my hotel room, blackout. She was there leaving. I don't remember shit. I was just about to say who brought you home. Obviously it worked out for her. Yeah. What? I was living in New York. So I had taken, I had a hotel and I think I'd taken a cab or some shit uh, to the venue. And then, yeah, it was, it was an awesome show with you guys. Your band was great. And then I got, yeah. I was okay. Everything was intact. The next day I didn't lose like a liver in the fucking, a kidney in the goddamn yeah. car, you know? She sold it. You have your other one, but. Yeah. So she's a hell of a, a, a stitcher. <laughs> Stitches are great. Yo, but what's wild is I was trying to catch on in the beginning. You said, I thought you meant in the night you had seen her a bunch of times. She had come to a bunch of shows. She was yeah. ready for this. Yeah, she was cool, man. We were cool, but I'd never like entertained the flirt. It's all good. I'm not like listen, whatever, dude. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to out anybody. It's, I'm not over here arresting nobody. I don't fuck with those guys, though. Police. That's nah, not you. You good? But that's an interesting story to like end the night of our show. That's second time that happened. The first time was not at a show of ours, so we're, co we're both cool. We're okay. safe. We're good. Didn't happen. I don't have to look for like the list of people and call them all. No, nah, dude, because you might. You might. I know you. Dude. <laughs> Lisa, have you tattooed the soles of your feet? No, not yet. Not yet. So you plan to tattoo possibly the most painful place on your body other than some other places. Palms are next. Palms are, my boy Amadeus from The Greater Good, he has his palms. But you know what I noticed is like, just like your elbows or your knuckles, any place where you're bending and, and touching a lot, just wears the away. Dude, the palms, just they just get faded fast, fast, yeah. fast. It's gone. Like I have a finger tat 
that looks like my first jail tat. It's only like seven years old. It's gone. I mean, it shows that you wash your hands, but yeah. if they go deep enough though, like now that I've been in this for so long and like sometimes I fake tattoo illegally, don't tell anybody that. Um, it's just on, <laughs> just on my phone. Just on my phone. I'm recording in Mexico. It's, it's, it's in international waters. You're not in trouble. Oh, this is good. All right. And I don't have any open cases. So if you go deep enough under the layers, like it will stay for a long time, but it's more painful. Yeah, yeah. The color, color, you know, they have to go deeper for color and that tends to fade. I, I wear a high, high SPF in the sun because I don't want to fade my tattoos anymore than yeah. I allowed for earlier when I was dumb and younger. Yo, same. I'm like very okay with being translucent white as long as my yeah. tattoos stay. Like this Stevie, Stevie's on my hand, you know, and his, the, the pigment has stayed so well that I'm like, let me just double. I wear gloves do you, sometimes. Do you rock, like uh, SPF, do you rock sunscreen on your tattoos? Every day, even oh, in the winter. Every day. I do the same. Yeah. I wear lotion for my, my like, you know, if it's t-shirt weather from my biceps up and my legs and all that facial, I put sun, it's like a, like a, an SPF face lotion, but the ones for my arms or whatever's exposed, we're going SPF 80, 90, yeah. you got it, you know? Because you pay, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's looks, but it's also like, we paid mad money for these things. Like, I'm not leaving my car out in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, and also the doesn't sound so cool. I'm pretty I'm pretty straight on getting skin cancer, so I'm yeah. I'm covering up like that too. Hello, yeah, hats and sunglasses, all that shit. I've got a goddamn fucking fisherman's bucket hat on inside. It's because my mm -hmm. hair looks crazy because I I like laid down for a five minute rest in the back right head corner. It's sticking up like a whole bunch of arrows. It looks insane. So oh nice, yeah. like alfalfa. Appreciate yeah. that. Yes. That's not exactly, exactly. I'm just at the point where the, my last haircut is fading and I need a new one and uh, I'm not getting one probably. I'm going to go back to Los Angeles shortly and I'll get one. Oh, the in-between phase. I don't know that. I'm letting my hair grow. I'm not touching it. Yeah, it's nice, long, looking very elegant. Good for it's you. long. I got elegant, long hair. I love that word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Corona. Minding your business grows your hair out. Let me tell you. True. This is true. You know what? You loses your hair, being stressed out, dealing with crazy people. That's true. My father gave me about 100 gray hairs on the left side of my face. Uh, it's all good, though. It's all good. He so got good. some more, but he was fucking gray haired anyway. So it's all good. I color mine anyways. Yeah, it's all right. Well, it looks <laughs> dark. I can't. Dude, it's the, the room which Lisa is in is a very dark room, and her hair is black naturally. And yeah. it blends into the background. So you just look almost like you just have no hair. You look like one of those Heaven's Gate cult members that just bald because the hair is just blending into the background. I wear a white t-shirt so everybody that is actually ever able to watch it can see my growth. But if you're listening, it's like all the way to the ground. What's the shortest you've ever had your hair? Yo, two years ago, I was at my chin. When I moved to New York, I was like- You do it like, oh, you look like a Russian assassin, like a Bob. I did. Yeah. Yo, I look like homegirl in The Professional. Like that was Ooh, me. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about, dude. That I, was know, it. I, I like it. Uh, I love like, I don't know, different hairstyles on, on people. And, and I feel like uh, women tend to have more hair. So they have a more of a range, but it's more of a risk because cutting so much off requires a longer growth period you know like um i don't know i i know what the in-between phase like it sucks but but i always respect it. just adventurous hair yeah oh i'm shaving mine probably in like two years completely dude, dude do it my you know my man special blend dj special blend yeah. special blend neighbor of mine a crew member of mine great friend of mine podcast alum uh so my my fiance she's a hairdresser of stylist when i met her in New York, she had a like the, she had a Amber Rose before Amber Rose years ago, and then we got yeah. So anyway, special blends girlfriend Teresa. Uh, Teresa, I just dropped your name on the podcast. I'm sorry, did I break a law? She's got long hair, or should I say, had long hair. My my girl cuts her hair, and just recently they moved, and they she wanted a new haircut, so she went super duper short, not shaved, but like yeah, Ellen DeGeneres, shorter than the Ellen, but not fully shaved. My girl did her hair. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. So. You got to try it once. That's so real. I mean, my, my reasons are because I want to tattoo my head, so I don't have the best reasons as other people, but you got to do it once. Yeah, 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 dude. I, just, I mean, it's, it's not, I've, I've gone from having hair as long as you to having shaved head, so it's like whatever. But I, I, I've heard from a lot of uh, women friends that it, it's a, also a very liberating feeling to, to take it all off, to like shave it. To yeah. have, this is that shit. 
Yeah, and I think like culturally, like I can speak for Italian culture, like hair is connected to beauty. So when I cut it to my chin, it was almost like, not like a fuck you, but kind of like a fuck you. Cause I'm like, I still am cute. Doesn't matter. I can wear a boys baseball, you know, it, it, and I think in that sense for people that have it tied to culture, it's not only liberating, but it's like reminding yourself that that shit does not make you beautiful. Yes, you're not defined by your culture, yet you define your culture. Yeah. Yeah. No, Say I, that. I mean, I have hair. If I get older and I happen to go bald, um, I'm going to straight go like Jason Statham, fucking Bruce Willis with it. I don't give a, I got yeah. an older uncle like that. I'm fine. I keep the, what my, my hair, you know, it's there. It's fine. It's just, it looks yeah. shitty because I got a hat on, but. People uh, hang on to those extra hairs. Like, let it go. Let it go. Like, yeah, when the time comes, the time comes, I'm going to move and I don't care about it. I'll be fine with that. You know, <laughs> I, I almost grew my hair back out during uh, COVID and I, it, I went like two and a half months and I just couldn't. It's so hard, dude, that in-between phase. It's so hard. It's awful. For women, it's hard too, but like, if you do anything above your chin, women start having that weird mullety thing and they don't like it, so they cut it again. I know. Yeah, I like mullets, so like, I'd be down for that if I was to do it, but. I, 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 for a dude, the times I've grown my hair out long in my life, every time, there's like a seventh month period where you're wearing a fucking hat all the time because it looks so awkward. And I don't like wearing hats unless I need a haircut or if it's sunny. You know, yeah. Constriction on my dome. I like and it's, I, doesn't that promote like hair loss if you wear a hat too much? I think I think that's an old uh, farmer's tale, okay. a fisherman's tale. I don't know. Fisherman's wife. It's wise. like drinking Mountain Dew. You can't like men. I don't, I, we, we have a mutual friend whose name will remain um, not spoken here. Who, When we were younger, happened to impregnate a lot of females. Uh, and I was young, I, was, I, I jokingly brought over like a six pack of Mountain Dew. I was like, bro, I hear some condoms and some Mountain Dew. Get the fucking work, dog. Cause you can't keep going to Planned Parenthood in Brookline. Wow. You, know? you know, but I don't think it's true. I think Mountain Dew just rots your fucking teeth and probably gets your heart jacked up. Yeah, ruins your life in many yeah. ways. Yeah, I'm sure the hat yeah. thing does, but I don't wear them like all the time. Like it's just, my hair like, it's literally like, pressed down and twisted from the hat and hair so it's whatever. It's <laughs> you're good whatever. you're good it's whatever so when you you did your new album was it all written produced and recorded in the last year or was it going on beforehand um before the like the covid 19 year i don't like to refer to this year as that but you know what i'm saying i know it was recorded in 2020 but okay. it was written before that uh, okay. Were you writing in New York? Some of it? Writing, it was all written in New York. Mm. The whole thing was written in New York. Um, well, actually, the dude that I had him be like my pretend manager, he's now like one of my best friends, but I had met him on Instagram and literally just like dug his style, you know, and we ended up becoming friends, whatever. And I didn't know he wrote because he wasn't in music. But what happens is we spent like late nights in New York writing and writing. So he wrote the whole album with me. The uh -huh. whole entire album, except for one track, was written um, with him. And so then Corona hits, and I just keep pushing the album off. To be honest, Jake, the, the reason I pushed the album off was, um, you know, as creatives, like you start being like, this shit's trash, or I don't need to, I don't need to let it go, whatever. Um, August of this year hits. I still have nothing recorded as of August of 2020. And the end of August hits, and my best friend Justin suddenly passes away. And he was not only my bandmate, he was one of my best friends. Yeah. I woke up after his funeral and I was like, fuck this. I have to put this album out before 2020, before the ball drops, you know, on January 1st, because he wanted to put music out and he wanted for me to put mine out. So I felt like, you know, that whole bullshit, but it's real, like live for the people that can't. Yeah. So I, I grabbed some money together because, you know, I wasn't performing. I wasn't making bread. And I, I talked to my producer, James, and I'm like, can we do a budget plan? I need to just get this shit recorded. He's like, say less recorded all the stuff, got it ready. Um, I got a feature from Oompa, one of my favorite rappers in Boston. Hmm. We put it out and then the ball dropped and I was like, I did that in the worst year of my life and most people's lives, I fucking did that. Dude, it sounds like, I mean, maybe it was the worst year. It sounds like something very beautiful came out of it though. 100%. Wait, put a cap on it. Maybe it wasn't the worst year in some Yeah, to, to be real and, and like, just to go back to Justin one more time, just because I, I fucking love and, miss, love and miss him. But I put him on an interlude, and one of the interludes is him laughing because it was one of the conversations we had where I said, yo, can I record you? Because I want to make interludes for the album. But it was like, 
two years before I dropped it. You know, I just did that all. You know how your voice memos be stacked with ideas? Yeah, yeah. And so I had to go through like thousands of voice memos that just said new recording number 1026. I didn't name it. So I finally found his and I'm like, this is going, this, this interlude, his laugh is everything. I got to put it on and just kind of like do right by him. You know, those, those are like the, the most valuable moments of artistic creativity because it, it, it's something that you might've forgotten about. And then you kind of find it again. And it's, it's just so perfect. It, you know, like you, you, you're wondering how am I going to, you know, put all this together for the album? You know, what are the little things that are going to spice it up the candy? And then you find something like that. And I know what you're talking about. Those kind of things, like, I'm sure when you listen to the album and when you listen to it, you know, months and years from now, like, there's going to be times you listen to it, it's going to bring, like, tears. Yeah. And it's also going to bring, like, super big smiles and probably one after the other, you know. But it's, it's one of those things that you're always going to have as a replay value that, that's going to gonna attack your, your sentiments. I don't mean attack in a bad way, but it's going to get you happy and sad no matter what. And but those, yeah. I love those because it'll get you sad and then happy again, you know. So do I. I mean, I mean the same reason why my son's voice is on there, you know, so that when he's older and he listens to this shit, he gets to be like, damn. That's cool. I've always thought it was ill, like artists who have children putting them on there. Um, you know, I don't know. That's just that's super beautiful. Or, or artists who had parents who were musicians and they got to get them on or whatever. I always. Yeah. I like that touch. My my son's actually the um he's the publisher of my albums. I started him on a publishing company. Hell yeah! Year. So he's got two Bello. albums. Lisa Business Bellow, big <laughs> business Bellow. Yeah, it's dude. like little. Uh, if you you know nobody really has my CD, but if you on any platform, right at yeah. the bottom, it will always say um, Cassius Bellow Music. That's his mm -hmm. little tag, and he'll get his little residuals, which he does, and I put in his bank account. It's uh, set him up. That's I love it. I love it. Has your son, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little, I'm a wee bit parched. I'm gonna drink this water. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> um, has your son exhibited any artistic traits that you pick up on with your astute big glasses eyeballs? Let me see if I can see. Um, so <laughs> my son loves to dance. Ooh, okay. He got the, he got okay. the hot feet and the rhythm. I he's like got it. the hot feet and the rhythm and he's oh. his timing is impeccable like mm. i think he would be a great drummer and i don't want to force him into shit so he got he has everything he's got a piano he's got a guitar he's got a violin he's got a drum because i got musical family who donates everything to me you know so i'd say by the time he's nine is when i'll start putting him into lessons because you know, I struggle with that joint. My dad was a musician and he woke up every other day with a pitch pipe trying to train us and it annoyed me. So I didn't really sing until I was like 19 because I was forced. Yeah. However, I kind of wish he forced me to try a piano lesson or a guitar lesson, just, just to try it. And I never got that opportunity. So I'm not gonna force my son, but I am gonna put it in front of him with a teacher and hope that some teacher changes his life so that he wants to do it, you know? I get it. I, I, I mean, you don't want to be Tiger Woods' dad until you wish you had Tiger Woods' dad to become like the best. I, it's a it's a hard line to walk. It is. You know? I get it though. It's it's a beautiful thing to allow your child to find what they're going to gravitate towards naturally, and then you see what they go to, what they go to, and then maybe you say, okay, you really like drawing, you really like painting, you like the guitar, you like dancing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help you scratch that itch we're gonna go out there and we're gonna do this i'm gonna put you in these lessons i'm gonna give you these classes yeah. but i know what you're talking about when it's forced on you you tend to rebel i was forced to when my parents were still married my father tried to make me play sports my mom's family's all artists i was a painter and a drawer and i acted in plays i wrote books when i was seven and i was like fuck baseball man fuck basketball i'm gonna quit i'm gonna, and i'm not even i'm gonna quit art class i'm gonna go skateboarding and smoke weed with these kids when i'm 12 and, and just run the streets like i went all the way all the way away all the way left so sometimes when you push your kid in a certain way, they're not going to sing till they're 19, but then they're going to turn out to be one of the illest singers ever. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Who also wishes that I had knew how to play piano. So I could have been that much better, but yeah. yeah you, I know. You live I, and you I, learn. I fucking pitch him for the socks. If I start, <laughs> no way. I'm not, a, I'm not a team player unless I get to pick the team. No, you're an alien. I like friends no to be friends with. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a lone wolf. You're not getting coached. You're uncoachable in a sports atmosphere. It's fine. Un yes, I'm uncontrollable, I think, is that word you was looking for. <laughs> that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> I don't know if that's a That's not a compliment. It's just a mere accurate assessment. 
That's it's what I saw. It's what I see. Yes. Uh, you're a good sport, Lisa Bell. I, I like I like your good sportness. I Thank like you. Yeah. I was an athlete. That's why I'm a good. That's sport. why you played hockey, dude. Hey. Yeah. And softball. Don't forget that one. Keep that up there, okay? Yes, yeah, softball. I played hockey. My father and my uncle. My uncle actually still plays in a men's league in Springfield. But I played yeah, hockey right. until I was about like ten or eleven, and I I loved playing hockey. I just yeah. didn't like watching it because it was like watching soccer on TV. It was like trying to follow the puck. It's so goddamn small. It's but so I boring. loved playing hockey. I loved it. Watching it is terrible. I still like my dad tries to sit me down for the Bruins and like two minutes in, I'm like, I don't can't even who's what's happening. Yeah, I'm Give me some fights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I want to see. At least it's the best. Have, have you ever it don't answer this if it's gonna incriminate you? Have you ever been at a at a performance, a live show? Or maybe even like a musical event where you maybe you were just like talking to people and networking. Have okay. you ever had to engage in any physical prowess of the of the Lisa Bello nature? Um, not at my own show, but yes, actually at multiple concerts. Mm. And it usually stems from people that are inebriated and are assuming I am, and they test me. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Then it's easier to fight than a drunk person if you're sober. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're on meth, watch out, because they'll run through six brick walls. They're crazy. Well, that's a whole different story, and I've you also been in those situations. In no. our neck of the woods, it wasn't a big problem, but you got to be careful if you're in certain regions. you got to be picky. You know, one time, I, and I will incriminate Jackie. Um, I feel like you know my friend Jackie. She's been yeah, my real friend. Jackie, you're incriminated. I have a good lawyer if you need him. Aaron Silverstein, LLC. <laughs> you know, all that. She's my favorite homie, but like she knows the one time, because I was always a fighter. Like if, if something happened to you, you're, none of my friends are fighting unless I'm with that group of friends. Yeah. You know, like I, most of my friends were just chill and I was a fighter. But one time she got real, she was lit. She's walking through the club. She got a big ass bag. She's walking, walking. She hits this lady with her bag two times. Like, get, let me get by. So after the second time, the girl looks at her. They exchange words. The girl pops her dead in her forehead. Okay. Jackie hits the wall, takes a second. Now, I saw the whole situation. I grabbed the girl by the shirt. I go, are you done? And she goes, uh, yeah. I say, okay, word, go over there. Girl walks away. I take Jackie home. Jackie wakes up the next day. Her, she's like, what happened? My head's swollen. I told her, I said, I will fight for you if you are in a situation that you're the victim. You needed that to remind you to yeah. not fuck with people. Sometimes we need a chin check. <laughs> she, and she never did it again. Let me tell you, lesson learned. You're you're a, a high park girl, uh, a little high park girl fighting story. I'm I'm in. Uh, it's the night before Thanksgiving. In the night before Thanksgiving in Boston, a lot of people are back in town, seeing oh, yeah. friends they don't see for a long time, and people go out to bars, right? You know, with their friends before the before Thanksgiving. So I'm down and I'm in a an un, a place where I, actually I was by the garden, a place I don't go out drinking. I don't know why. I was with a friend of mine who you also know male friend okay. of mine. And we went and met two of my friends, these two uh, sisters, they're from High Park. Okay. I won't mention the names in, uh, off air, you know. And I, me and him were at a, a, a bar with a bunch of our friends and then we go to meet them. And he knows these two and, and they're both kind of wild, wild girls. So we go to this bar and I don't know, I can't even remember the name of it. It was a bar I would never walk into. A uh -huh. bucks. No, 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 around that area though, right around okay. that area. Okay. And uh, so we go in there and they're drunk. We're drinking, but they're drunk. And they're, they're, they're drinkers, but they're also fighters. So drink, drinky fighties, big time problems. Bad combo. And they're not like physical prowess is they're about five, two and five, three respectively, but inside six, four, 300 muscly pounds. I believe it. And uh, I don't know, me and my boy drink and chilling. And there's some, some girls from, uh, I don't know what high school these girls are from. I don't even know any of these people. And there were some guys. And they're having words back and forth while, because I came out of the bathroom, my boy's like, yo, dude, I don't know what's going on. They're arguing with, they're arguing. I was like, hold on, all right, all right. And, and I try to talk them to calm down, they don't. And then they jump up and they start swinging on these chicks. And then the bouncer, who's bigger than me, height and definitely width-wise, he grabs my two like small friends up and, and I'm like, and they're, and they're kicking and screaming. He's literally like a cartoon holding them by the neck of the <laughs> jacket, off the ground, kicking and screaming, cursing the most Hyde Park shit ever at these girls. And I go, I say, hey, these are my friends. I'll take them out of here. He's like, please, bro, please get them out of here. So I'm facing the doorway, walking towards the doorway. They're both facing the bar. And As I'm you them my out? arms oh. and they're kicking and screaming and swearing and shit. 
and uh, some and my and my boy, our mutual friend, says to me as we walk outside, he's like, dude, sometimes you can take the the girl at High Park, but you can't take the High Park at the girl. Yeah. You know? Oh two one three six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they can't sing for shit though. You're a much better singer. That's different. I thought you were talking about me and my sister. I was like, oh, Danielle Bello, but she's taller. I'm five <laughs> two, but yeah. she's five five, so it don't matter. Uh, no, no, they're feisty. Yeah, you might, you probably know. Well, well, yeah, this is not off air, and I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to get anyone arrested. I don't know what the yeah. statute of limitations is on money things. Yeah, it's a lot longer than seven years in some places, so don't don't even try it. Except murder. Don't kill anybody. That's fine. Yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, yo, you know what I also love, and it's in the background of the room, is the Lisa Bello Old English logo. I love that logo. So, because, you know, Lisa, Lisa Bello, like, again, if you guys are listening and not watching, listen with your eyeballs. She's covered in tattoos, like, 30 times more than I am. And, and Old English is a very popular font in the realm of tattoos. Lisa Bello logo in, in Old English. It's very fitting. You look like it's a nice gang member. I love it. <laughs> it's nice and like the godfather, too. I feel like the girl who did it, Fina, from So Phenomenal um, Agency in Boston, uh, shout out to her. She wanted to tie in personality. Obviously, I'm always wearing black tattoos. I appreciate that. I didn't realize how many people would be moved by my, uh, my logo. I got to get a tattoo. Dude, a good logo is hard to come by too. It's it's yeah. just, it's easier to design. I think <clears throat> coming from a guy who designs nothing, uh, <laughs> I think it's easier to design like album covers, t-shirts, merch, logo. One hundred percent hard to encapsulate what what might represent that artist. Oftentimes, they're just logos that like, and I've settled on logos myself. They're like that works, dude. I'll take it. Thank you. Just because. Cause it's, I'm actually my damaged goods logo. I'm so grateful for it's, but I designed it. I had an, a guy who really did it. It's just like a prescription uh, RX pill bottle. It yeah. Like a prescription, a prescription medicine bottle. No, but, but it's clean. Like it's, it's clean. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But it, it, dude, coming up, I had so many before that and the music logos and I've always been just like, ah, it's a tough one, man. It's a mess. Cause like you said, it's personal. And if you can't, it's like you asking someone else to write and produce a song for you and you just walk in and rap it. Like that shit's trash. Yeah. Yeah. It's very tough. And I, I, I always, I, when I see artists with a dope ass logo, I'm always like, good for them. Good for them because that's a fucking hard thing to nail down. Yeah. It's so hard. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to tell her you said that cause she's been getting a lot of, um, of good press for it. Dope. Right. Woman-run business in Boston. I always like to give her my business. There you go. Get it. Get it. My mother, too, has tattoos and wears black all the time. So you guys have that in common. I love her already, and I've never met her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't fight as much as you. She's chiller. She's grounded. She's a Taurus. She's chill. She's a Taurus. Of course she doesn't fight as much. She's awesome. She relaxes. Yeah, she's Irish, too, so she holds it in until it's too late. Then it comes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The worst. She, she lets it out, but at the worst times and in, in a very large manner. But she's a good, she's a good chick. Good. I can call my mom a chick. She's cool. She's shout yeah. out to moms. She's sweet. She's sweet. When's the next tattoo and where's the next tattoo? Oh God, you picked a perfect timing to ask me that. So Wednesday and Friday, I'm being tattooed this week. The worst, worst spot. So Friday, I finished my stomach, which is just the shading. Upper. I have upper stomach and that hurt. Are you going lower? Are you going stomach, but like, like bikini region? Not it, to be like too digging. No, it's, it's literally bikini to under boob. It's my entire torso. Oh, dude. And yo, Lisa, great under boob shots at the Boston Music Awards last year. And I mean that in the most complimentary way, dude. I know. I don't talk about this. Complimentary, <laughs> dude. I'm not a weirdo, man. I'm not a weirdo. No, but you say that. I've never in my life, like, I knew that was a trend, but I didn't know until I wore it that that was, like, as fire as it would be. Like, that was, I'm like, that's... You everybody was talking. Opposite cleavage is, like, a thing? All right, okay, that's... Wow, you made it a thing. You're a trailblazer. I mean that complimentary. Dude, listen, I'm, I'm married. I, 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 I'm, don't, I'm not disrespecting you at all. No, no, no. You, you talking about, listen, fashion, and, and I got to show part of my tattoo, but I'm doing my whole stomach, finishing... So not ribs, stomach, middle. Um, no, it's it go. What you can see from the front is completely tattooed. Uh, so, so the and it's outlined. Now it needs to be fully filled in. But uh, then my back. Oh yeah. Now, now back funny. is horrible. I, I have, my whole back is tattooed. It's vicious. You know it is. Sucks. This is my second time. This is a cover up of my entire back cover up. So like I had a whole back piece. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Run it back. Run it back. Okay. Let's let's cover talk up about of a tattoo cover up. Of your first tattoos. So this is number three on the back. 
So this is past three. Um, I got one big tattoo when I was 17 on my back. And then I got it covered up, you know, like maybe when I was like 23. All of it faded, thankfully. It was so bad. And what I did two years ago, it's been that long since oh, I SPF. went. SPF. You wasn't using SPF. I wasn't. Good. Because it needed to go away. <laughs> and now I went to this dude um, in Boston who's like one of the best. He's from Cali. And he started this gigantic panther on my back. Like, I'm talking my whole back. It's a panther. And I sat for two separate sessions for seven hours each. And it's been two years since I've gone back. That's how bad yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. That's, you know, it's scar tissue. It's, it's just like, yeah. it's terrible. So we go back in on Wednesday for a full day. We just we try to bang it all out. May all the strength be with you on Wednesday and Friday. Oh. Because, uh, fish, yeah. I know, threaten back. What is wrong with me? Like, I'm going to hurt my back. and I'm not even going to be able to lay down. My front and my back. Dude, that Kia song. Right? <laughs> that what she was front, my back. <laughs> dude, I actually have one little small part of my back that finishes a very small, small piece and i procrastinated for 10 years on it <laughs> and i've gotten tattoos everywhere else and i won't fucking finish that i've got tattoos on my sternum and all these other painful places and i haven't finished that one part it brings back nightmares like it is a nightmare dsd man literally i don't i don't want to do it but we got to do it we i can't have unfinished things that's like unfinished you know, i can't see it it's on my fucking back so that's the only reason <laughs> you know uh, this is the only reason it ain't finished man yeah. i mean that's I, I want get... my feet, I, the, not the bottom like you, I'm not a psychopath. Just the top of my feet, I have some shit I want to do and then finish my back. I only get tattoos when I have uh, something I really want. And so yeah. I've gone through years where I didn't get shit, you know, because, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I'll be real, I get them as like a form of therapy, so I do get them more than not. Yeah. Um, but I'm running out of space, so I, I honestly don't have much space left in my body. Which That's is why you're doing those underground illegal tattoos off, off market, I guess. That's for other people and on pigskin, yes. But other than that. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, it is. I used to think it was an outlet, and then as I got older, in my mid-30s, it became a, a place of pain, but yet a, a, a picture I wanted to paint. So I was yeah. able to suck up the pain. It became, like, less pleasurable. Yeah. Uh, but I get it. No, it's way less. The pain as we get older. Dude, it's crazy. It's I'm like. Starting a tattoo, I'd rather get shot in the foot. It's so bad. Literally. We were crackheads. I'd rather go to the dentist and have like dental work. And that's my nightmare than have them tattoo. Yes. I know, oh. a great, I know a great dentist in Back Bay with a, he's got a flat screen TV on the, on the ceiling. So you can watch Netflix while you're getting a root canal. It's better than most tattoos pain wise. That's fire. But I would think the TV would fall on my face, but that's for another day. Oh, yeah. Well, that would have probably put me out of my misery. Well, maybe not. Just probably <laughs> back in my eyeballs. Mm. Yo, I have to finish these. Um, I got to finish the tattoos because I'm dropping a secret album in April. I'm just not going to tell you when. Oh, oh. That's exciting, right? Dude, that's like right around the corns. Right so, the so are you are you got to finish the tattoos for what like an album photo promo and stuff yeah i've just got these ideas and i'm very very controlling when it comes to my marketing and ideas and so like i had the money and i'm like let me just not look pc it, it, i know it sounds funny but for me it i'm like pc like p political correct pc or pc like your art on your tattoos pc pc like p-i-e-c-e -E yeah 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 not the artistic piece, yeah, I get thank it. You, that one. But I mean, it could be PC too. No, but it, it does a thing to my head when I see them unfinished. So I know you said you can't see your back, but when I get certain pictures taken, I'm like, no, unless you can uh, Photoshop my tattoo on, I'm not, we're not doing that. If you want to lower my self-esteem, you can look at my unfinished back tattoo and tell me about it. And then I'll like keep myself up at night for a couple of weeks, but I forget <laughs> about that shit. So yeah. yeah. It was so real. It's too, it's too real. Tattoo bullying. Yeah. It's, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. And that's why, like, it's harder for me as I get older to, like, get more shit unless it's a real striking vision I have for it that I really want, you know? Which makes sense, because it sucks. You should only do what you want to do, dude. And I think it's ill. Like, you, you keep doing it, you know? And then you got the new project coming out. That's, like, pretty ill back-to-back. Not back-to-back, per se, but, like, kind of. in, in one year, that's two, that's two projects, right? Yeah, and I can't, what's cool is like, he and I aren't going to announce it for two weeks, but this dude is someone that I met through social media that I don't know at all. Um, and I'm not being like a weirdo not announcing it to you, but I kind of find it so fire that I'm not going to until. Oh, mystery you know? is cool, man. I like artists. Yeah. It's great. So it's a little EP and it's, um, 
I don't know. I'm just more and more. I've just decided to not hold on to music. So it's stuff that I just wrote. I wrote it in a weekend and laid it down. Mm. There, yo, it's it's tough when you create certain things, especially if they come from a sentimental place. You have these ideals in your mind, like when is when do I want people to hear this? I want people to take this in a certain way, things like that. And we hold stuff, and then sometimes we get self conscious. We get very critical. I don't know. Is it an Aries thing, and maybe it's just all creatives? very self-critical i I'm, do think i mean you believe in horoscopes not everyone does but i will I, I don't know if i do i just have a lot of people in my life telling me that i do i don't know if i yeah. do so i could say yes i do think it's a big thing with aries because we're very tough outwardly i mean we are tough inwardly but we also are sensitive about our shit so it's like yeah we're tough but we also need things to be controlled and so particular but in general it's just like true artists that true artists that wake up every day and want to do something creative we really got to have a handle. Like, I, I want them to listen. For me, I'm like, I want it to be airy season. I want it to be spring, fire, love. People, are, you know, aren't aggravated by the winter. You know, yeah. so there are particulars. But I had to let go of a lot because I'm working with the, this guy. He, it's actually his project, really, that I'm on. So I'm more, like, under his control. But he's also an Aries, so it's perfect. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, that works. That works. It works. So I'm excited to do that. That's good. I, I, I always like, you know, I think about, you know, when you, when you just put stuff out before you get the chance to really run your mind over and over and over and over again, there's something about it because it's, it's, it's unadulterated. It's very pure. It's like, it's almost exactly what your heart and mind were thinking at the time. And you put yeah. it out. You don't get to fine tooth comb it. You don't get to edit it. Yes. Maybe you could do it better or more perfect or whatever that means but there's something about that purity that i think the people who take in the art they they, they take it in a different way it's it, you know they don't know that you just put it out but they're 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 feeling that purity secondhand not knowing the you know they appreciate it it feels like demo love i mean we all know yeah. what demo love is like so you're right I, to be honest and you've already brought up that you love tommy boy which i appreciate that's what tommy boy is like i really was in a very tough emotional space and I put it out and later, obviously there's parts where I cringe a little bit because a lot of it was live recorded. But then I'm like, yo, what? it would have been too mechanical if I tried to go back and re-record that stuff. So it's, it's imperfections are what makes it better. Yeah, you know, I, I, the imperfections making a better thing is something I've grown to appreciate as I've gotten older. And uh, my, my boy Franco, who was uh, not only the drummer in my band, but also like half the band. Me and him started together as singer-songwriter. We worked together for years. And he would tell me this thing about the, the, the mother of his two daughters, his baby's mom's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And we were talking about imperfections and music and, and with the women in our lives. And he'd bring up the story constantly about the mother of his children, who he was no longer with. He was like, you know what? She had this one tooth that kind of looked like a little whatever on this side, on the left side. But it was like this imperfection, a minor one, but I think about her and like the time we spent and why we loved each other enough to make two kids and stuff. It was like, yes, I love for, for all her beauty and talents and stuff, but this little, this little minor imperfection just stands out to me. I remember that and it doesn't discredit anything. In fact, that's like the signal. That's like the light on the lighthouse that lets me know the beauty of the island is right there. And yeah. I always thought about that. I thought that was a great way to describe imperfections and shit. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. I thought you were going to say something negative about it. That's actually super dope. Why is the glass got to be half empty with me? I'm, I'm actually pretty positive. I was like, okay, Snizza, what are you about to say? Trash talking about her. I know everyone thinks I'm going to say some outlandish shit, which is obviously <laughs> sometimes very real, but I just try to put the vitamin in the ice cream, man. You know? Put the vitamin in the ice cream. Some people can't swallow vitamins. They need the ice cream to get down. But as long as you get the fucking nutrients, you know, I'm here for the nutrients, Lisa. You, you're a sweetheart. You get people to swallow a vitamin just with a boring glass of water. I got to put a little ice cream on mine, dude. And then I just punch him right in the throat. It makes it, it goes down a lot easier. <laughs> Better you punch him than me, dude. I, I'd rather have you. I just want to chill and wear sandals. I haven't had shoes with laces on in about eight days. Oh, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that's how I, I, that's how I do. Even in California, that's how I live. Yeah, say I can't do that here. I gotta wear Tim's beef and broccoli. I, I was wearing like old hoodies and I wore a scully for like eight days for the first time in a while and it was terrible. <laughs> well, last yeah. week I was bundled up. Because you had to get back up. into it. It's, I know. 
my knuckles were cracking like crackheads. They were just all dry from the artificial heat. It was, uh, I'm lotioning my hands up so much. My, I asked my grandmother for more lotion. She must've thought I was masturbating in the fucking guest room all day. I said, my hands are dry, the heat, grandma. I was thinking Hannibal Lecter, but I mean, same thing, you know? Oh yeah, lotion in the bucket, good call. Yeah, I'm crazy, Lisa, I'm not that crazy. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws, and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out. And now for an additional discount, use the promo code DAMAGEDGOODS. That's D-A-M-A-G-E-D-G-O-O-D-S. Damaged Goods to get an additional percentage off.